so um, one of my jobs usually for the church, because so many people are working, is that I tell the stories of the missions teams to them. But because we're having service tonight, I wanted to give a couple people from the missions team an opportunity to not preach, because uh, that's my job. But to share a story of one of maybe their encounters, something that's taken place, uh, one of the stories that's maybe been a defining moment in this missions trip. And um, the reason I'm setting up this microphone is because uh, we record everything here, and there are some people that don't get to hear these things, but... Uh, from as far away as Kentucky, they listen every weekend to what goes on here. And so I want them to hear the stories too. And so um, even if they're not here tonight. So if a couple of you just have a story you want to share, I encourage you to come up to the microphone and, and talk about a little bit of what your God encounters have been on this mission strip. So the microphone is yours. It's a little inside joke with Oak Grove that I'm always the first one with a question at a business meeting. So that's what her. I don't have a question. I got something to tell you. John Ferraro, Oak Grove Baptist Church. Um, There's a gentleman who's been coming around quite a bit every year, Pierre. He's been coming around quite a bit. A lot of people know about him. A lot of people have been praying about him. And as we were working the booth this I even forget what day it was, Friday, I guess it was, Friday, kind of sitting back, closing my eyes a little bit, checking the inside, making sure there's no leaks in my lids, and kind of sitting back a little bit, because it kind of got slow. Pierre shows up, can I have a minute with you? Sure, come on over. So we're talking. Uh, Melinda, somehow another, you know, words came out that she wasn't expecting to say, gave her a little testimony about her relationship with Spanky and what he went through and her her side of the story of it. And so, which prompted him to ask the question, why? Why has God allowed that to happen? And so it got into a whole spiritual thing, and he and at the end of it, he came to the end and said, you know, all you church people come up to the same thing. I have to accept Jesus, and if I don't, I'm not going to heaven. And I said, well, we're all on the same page. So it was just another, another way of enforcing him, cultivating him, watering him. Hopefully one day he's going to be harvested. But right now, Pierre needs a lot of prayer because he feels like he can do it himself. And so, and even Jay Scott spoke up and gave his testimony to Pierre, which really meant a lot to me also that Jay did that. He likes being in the background. But at that point, he felt like he needed to say it, and it was at the right time, at the right moment. So to me, it was a God moment that things were kind of slow. We were out there to meet people and make balloons and tell them about Jesus as they're coming by. And then they, someone came to us. And so we took that opportunity and took that time to do it. Even though Satan had our phones ringing off the hook, we still made Pierre the center the spotlight. And so I just wanted to let you know that Keep Pierre on you, even if you don't know who he is, God knows who he is. So 
keep praying for Pierre because he, he's there, but he's not there. He's going to be one of those good people to go to hell if something happens to him tomorrow. Kim Mayforth, and I'm from Oak Grove as well. And um, I've had a couple encounters this week, that, have been, and I shared one with our team earlier this morning. But I'm going to share one that happened last night when we had the, the athletes here. I went up and prayed with a guy whose name was Shane. Shane is from Ireland. And I had checked him in. At registration, and he said, "Yeah, you look familiar. I think you did check me in." So we started talking, and I have a son with a disability, and my son has been up here doing the mission trips at different times, and he is like, uh, he's right now is being an adaptive rock climber. So he made worlds, and is going to Austria in September, but. Him being from Ireland sparked a conversation about accessibility across Europe. And we got into this very long conversation, and he said, well, you know what? I am the ambassador for Ireland for spina bifida. Spina bifida is one of the disabilities my son has. (laughs) So it was very interesting that we got together. We're talking about different things. And how the church, you know, we're out there volunteering for everyone. So God is making connections. We've exchanged emails because it's going to go into a further conversation. So I just want you to know it does make a difference. For those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Dalton Taylor. I'm from Washington County, Maryland. And just this week, well, a couple weeks ago, my mom had a uh, back surgery. So it was hard for me to want to come up here when I want to be home with her. And before, a couple weeks, like two weeks before I came here, I had to stab my mom with an EpiPen due to an allergic reaction. And ever since I got here, I've just been praying for her. And my brothers keep on texting me saying that she's been doing better. And it's been very really like a grace of God that I'm here with y'all and start back home. What's your mom's name? Leah? Let's pray for Leah right now. Dear God, I just pray for Leah and the surgery she's had and, and for her son that loves her so much. And I pray that you would continue to work the miracles of quicker healing than we can imagine so that she can be back to her full self and that you would bless Dalton for his obedience to be with us. 
instead of take care of her. We pray this in your name. Amen. I don't know if there's one more story before I just talk for a couple minutes. Mitch, why don't you come up? Hi, I'm Mitch Harmon from Kennesaw First Baptist. I have two stories, so, <laughs> okay. The first story is uh, we, uh, Kennesaw First Baptist work check-in with some of the rest of you. So, And some of you may know this, but outside, the first people that the athletes saw was me and a couple of other Kennesaw people. And we also had two Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, ambassadors work the check-in desk the whole uh, two days. And I believe God put them there to see us. Do this. Anyway, they were there this morning at the pancake breakfast, and he said, uh, two of them said, and they were young if you saw them, they were 23, 25, said, uh, you Baptists really have it going on. And I think, I think we may be the only Baptist Protestants that they may see in their whole two years of mission work. So I believe there was a seed planted there. And I thank everybody that uh, helped them see that. But then the second story I have is a small world story. And I was walking the tables this morning at the pancake breakfast and just talking about the military and whatnot. And I came up on a table and uh, I said, yeah, I was in the military 22 years. And a, a female there said, my dad was in the military, too. And I said, oh, okay. So we're three million other people, you know. So she says, uh, I said, what's your name? She says, Massey Angelo. Oh, my gosh. He was in my first squadron in Jacksonville, Florida, 38 years ago. And this was his 50-year-old daughter sitting by me. Her husband was running, uh, was doing the try tomorrow. And I'd lost him for 38 years, and so we took pictures, Facebook and everything, and I learned the thing you don't do, and Rita, this is a good thing I didn't do, you don't just droll into the Navy stories with the man's daughter, you don't do that, and I didn't do that, so uh, I came through there, thank you. It is very humbling at this church to have these teams come year after year, um, and we've told you a little bit about the history, that some of them actually helped us build this church, because this church exists because the Southern Baptists decided they were going to reach out to the 1980 Olympics, and they, they, they bought a house on Main Street, and when they bought that house on Main Street, they were going to do ministry out of that house, and and they did more than ministry out of that house. This church was born in that little house off of Main Street. And the reason that we're here is because of a mission team that came to this area and wanted people to know about Jesus. And it's humbling to be here also because one of the guys that served as youth pastor for the church there is sitting in this room today um, during that time when they were in that little mission church. Right, Tom? You know, and uh, yeah. And, uh, and so there's a lot of history here. And you've got people here who, as husband and wife, built this church. And you have people here that have come here longer than I have because I've only been here.
for six years. And so all of that becomes just incredibly humbling for me. And so one of my joys, and, and I have a very organized mind, I've been on lots of missions trips myself, and so for the last five years, it's been my joy to get things ready so that they can be on mission here in my community. Um, every year, we try to make it a little more organized and a little less stressful because that's how I liked mission trips when I went on them. Because when there was lots of stress, I have this vein right here in my forehead, and it would appear, and I wouldn't be as much fun to hang out with. And there is some stress involved in getting everything ready for 37 people to come over to your house. You know, there's a lot of things from simple details like making sure you get everybody a t-shirt and a hat and making sure that that all the details of them getting here and, and, and buying enough buns and, and making sure there's enough turkey for lunch and all those kinds of things. But those aren't the real stresses for me when I'm, this mission trip comes. That isn't the thing that I think about the most. What I think about the most is the fact that at the beginning of every one of these mission trips, I need to stand up front here. And because some of you have been coming long enough, it's almost like the annual board meeting of an organization. And you as the stockholders, people have invested in this church for years and years, are wanting to know how the business is doing. It's the stockholder meeting. And there are times that as I've sat and I prepared for that over the last five years to say something each year, it's not an easy task. Now, I'm not saying that we're one of those companies like Yahoo that no longer exists. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that that is the most challenging thing about you coming here. You probably don't know that. It's the idea that, that God has set people that have invested in this little community and in this church, and they come back year after year. How many of you have been on a missions trip here more than five years? Look at the stockholders, people. How many have been on a missions trip here over 10 years? Look at the stockholders, people. And so they've given a lot of themselves to this place and we hold it in trust with them. It is very much like the annual stockholders meeting when you show up. And so in the weeks before you come here, I spend thinking about what can I say and what have you done, God? And what are we doing and what can I talk about? Because sometimes when you're so caught up in the the nitty-gritty and all of that, of what goes on here, you forget all the little miracles and things that take place. And there is that reality that what used to be the stressful thing, by the time you get here, becomes a joyous thing. Because year after year, in ways that I don't always understand, God is on the move at Lake Placis Baptist Church. He's opening doors and giving us opportunities at Lake Placid Baptist Church. He's used things like Iron Man and teams like you to take a reputation that once wasn't so good and turn it into something pretty incredible. So even the Mormons say that we got it going on here. And that's the miracle of God. 
And how can I describe what that is like? And I I started thinking about Scripture, and I, I started thinking about the very first missionary, who was Paul. And Paul, as the very first missionary, wrote a series of letters to churches that he had been to and places that he had worked. And one of the things that he said, and over half of them, was this. I'm sending Timothy to you. I'm sending Timothy to you to see how you're doing at mission, to encourage you, to strengthen you, and to straighten you out a little bit. That's what he did. And so that's the joy of what we've had. Because see, some churches, they just kind of float along and nobody ever shows up to check up on how they're doing. But here at Lake Placid Baptist, once a year there's a stockholders meeting on the Wednesday before Ironman, where some of you who've come for years, you want to know how it's going. What does my investment look like? What are the dividends for the kingdom? And that is something that we take very seriously at Lake Placid Baptist Church. And as I, as a representative and the CEO of this little corporation at times, I take it really seriously. One of the times that Scripture says, that, that talks about this, is that, that Paul was writing to Thessalonica, and uh, when he wrote there, he was actually telling them about what happened and why Timothy was coming. And he said this, he said, We sent Timothy to you, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in the spreading of the gospel of Christ, to strengthen you and encourage you in the faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. If you read in Acts 17, the story of Thessalonica, you find out that that Paul wasn't there very long, and that the people in Thessalonica, although some were saved, some did not like Paul. In fact, they didn't beat Paul up, they beat up some of the first converts to Christianity there. And so Paul moved on because it was a dangerous place to be, and he he went to another place. He went to Berea, and he was telling people about Christ there. And, And the people in Thessalonica found out he was in Berea, and they made sure that they got him kicked out of Berea. So it was a hard beginning, and it what some challenging experiences that those people went through. But Paul sent Timothy for a stockholders meeting. And in these few verses... There's a couple things that Paul was saying that I want to say to us tonight. And so it starts here. We're sending Timothy, who is our brother. There is a sense that when we think about what takes place because of the uniqueness of who we are and the fact that we're connected through the Southern Baptist Convention and other people that have just been connected to us, like like the people at, at Spanky's Church, that we have this reality We are family. Yes, we could say it's a stockholders meeting that takes place on Wednesday, but what it honestly is is a family reunion where all of a sudden people that we only get to be family with one week out of the year come back together and we're just excited to be together. And we at that go here year-round, the people along with me, we're excited to make things ready so you just have a great family reunion. But that's the reality We are brothers in Christ together. That's the thing. That was the thing that we said last night, right? The thing that holds us together is the it is finished of Jesus Christ. But we are family. He goes on and he says this, God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ. 
So when I was thinking about this, I, I, I put down first, I said, we all work for the same company. <laughs> but then I came up with this. We all have the same job. You know, where you live somewhere else, 51 weeks out of the year, you have a job to share Jesus Christ and spread his truth where you live. And where we live here for 51 weeks out of the year, we have to do it without you. But we do it together. We all have the same job, which is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it starts as simply as sharing a cup of water with somebody else or, or, or volunteering for an organization that all of a sudden thinks that the Baptists are pretty cool and so they make the pastor do other things in the community. Changes the reputation. That's what God does. But we all have the same job. And for one week out of the year, you know what? When I go on mission to Nicaragua in January, it's easier to be Jesus there than it is here. But we all have the same job no matter where we are. We're all ambassadors for Jesus Christ wherever we are. You just get to come up here and and put just a little southern twang on the north country and be an ambassador here. He goes on and he says this, to strengthen you, and it says, and encourage you in your faith. But we'll start with, to strengthen your faith. Every year when I go through this process of reflection, I am blown away by the mercy and greatness of God and what he does. You know, sometimes you can't see it because it's right here. But every time when you look back over a year, there have been moments that are defining moments of incredible things that God does in the lives of individuals, and in the lives of the church. Sometimes we don't feel like God's doing anything in our lives. But if we're willing to step back and take the, the bigger view, we just see how much that he's doing. You see, here's the reality. God wants to remind each one of us of his great power. And there are moments of every year that can only be defined as God's great power. Evans and I were sitting in my office just yesterday, and he was laughing. He says, it's amazing to me all the things God lets you do, you boy from North Dakota, that doesn't even exist. (laughs) And it is amazing. The things that God does and he allows us to be a part of. And that isn't just true of your pastor, that's true of all of us. There is amazing things that God does And occasionally he reminds us of his power. But he doesn't only remind us of his power, but he wants to encourage us in our faith. He wants to show us that what we believe in is real and it's really happening inside of us. In other words, he wants to help you celebrate the incredible blessings of God that are the things that only God can do. And that's part of the report I give on Wednesday night. Look what God did. There's no way that would have happened any other way. But those are the miracles. That's a part of the stockholders meeting. When we get together, we talk about and celebrate God's incredible blessing to us as a church and in relationship together. It goes on and it says that, so that no one will be unsettled by these trials. Paul was really concerned that because things were sometimes hard for the people of Thessalonica, that they just give up and say, you know what, it's too hard. This can't be real. I don't think God would want it this way. And so he wanted them not to be unsettled. Isn't that a beautiful word? He didn't want them to be unsettled. 
in their experience. He wanted them to be able to connect the dots and see that it was okay and that God was still at work, even though it didn't make sense at the times. And there have been those moments that as I've reflected for the stockholders' meetings that I've taken a look at even some of the hard things that have happened in the last five years here at Lake Placid Baptist Church. But because God always brings the stockholders back, He makes me always reflect on his faithfulness and his miracles and those things. In other words, he gives challenge a perspective. When all of a sudden God's put into the equation in anything, it changes the perspective on things. Because see, we believe that God is sovereign. So there's nothing that ever happens that is a surprise to him. It's a surprise to us at times, but it's not a surprise to him. And when he brings the body together, some of you who come have shared very personal stories about things that have gone in your life, and it's okay because I'm only here one week out of the year, and and you can tell me those things because you don't have to see me every week, and I get it. But you know what? A year later when I ask about some of those things, it's amazing what God did and how he works and how he gives perspective to the challenges in life. You see, these are the things that God does when he brings family together. He explains to us that we all have the same job. He's given us all the same vision. There isn't a sense that some people are supposed to be this and other people. No, we're all supposed to be his ambassadors. He reminds you and me of his power and how he's at work around us. And, and we get to celebrate the incredible blessings that, of things that only God could do. And he even gives us a little perspective in the midst of some of the challenges that go along with life. You know, challenges are kind of hard because none of us, unless you're an Iron Man, think, I want to bring great pain to my body today so someone will say my name. <laughs> Most people don't think that. But once in a while, God does that. He brings great pain in life. So, not that He will say our name, but so that we will say His name. Hosanna, God. Save me. I really did it this time, God. You're going to have to pull us out of this one. It'll be interesting to see what you're going to do. Nancy reminded me of that today. We found out that we get a refund on our taxes. Our car needs work done. God always provides. He always takes care. And he always gives perspective. And so I want to tell you who are here on mission that I am thankful for the annual stockholders meeting for that opportunity to have to reflect and tell you what's really going on here. I'm thankful for the accountability of your partnership year after year. I'm thankful for my snowbirds who leave in the, when it gets cold enough that the rest of us are just dumb to be here and uh, come back when it gets a little nicer. And they always ask me, stockholder question, what's God doing? What's going on? Because we always want to be a church that's accountable. In fact, that's my prayer for each one of you. Is that you have people 
that step into your life and ask you how it's really going and help make sure that you're staying on track, that maybe make you listen to yourself a little bit. Have you ever done that? You talk to somebody, you listen to yourself a little bit, and you go, ah, that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> ah, there are adjustments I need to make. They don't even need to say anything. Sometimes it's just that surprised look on their face. You know what I'm talking about? But God has called us into this accountability And we as the body of Christ are stockholders in the success of each other's faith and the coming together of the kingdom in a way that we can't even imagine. It's all because of the cross. It's all because of the great debt that he paid, the opportunity that he gave us to have a relationship with with him, the, the ability to be forgiven by God that all makes us have a debt that we try to pay, but we can't because we've been so deeply invested in by a God who loved his son so very much that he gave his life for us. So thank you for the accountability of all these years that we spend together and we continue to spend together. I will continue to look forward to the stockholder meeting because I believe that God is not done that he has incredible things that he wants to do in each one of our lives and that he's going to do incredibly more than we can ask or imagine to his glory and not ours. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you for this gathering, for these relationships that you've given us with one another, for this investment that you've made in us, for this miracle that's called like Placid Baptist Church, it's even more important and mightier than when we beat the Russians in this little town. Thank you for being the God that invests in us and for the opportunity that we have to invest in one another. God, give us your strength because in our own strength we can't do it. Encourage us in the craziness of this life, God. Give us perspective in those things that are so challenging that we just feel lost in. Help us to know we're connected to a family that deeply loves us and will be the safety net we need to make it through each of life's journey. Thank you for letting us be stockholders in your kingdom and invested in one another. We pray this in your name. Amen.